Welcome, everyone, to, of course, the new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have an outstanding show, which we weren't sure we were going to actually have because, folks, it's the end of the year. Usually it's nice and quiet. People are drinking their spiked eggnog and they're chilling, opening with, you know, playing with all their new toys. And, well, Lena Khan is at it again, folks. And she went out there, you know, and uh, wrote something in the Wall Street Journal that really contradicts everything of what the FTC is uh, all about and what they're supposed to do. Uh, we got some. Um, Confirm. So one of the things I want to talk about before we get into the introductions is we all knew it was a matter of time before Sony's disgusting, filthy, stinky, dirty laundry was going to get out there for everyone to see. And folks, we have confirmed facts, confirmed uh, from Microsoft themselves that uh, there are certain Square games that we have been waiting for on Xbox that we as Xbox players will never have not 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 have not have for two years or three years but they we will never have them because well microsoft uh is their own thing and they were hoping to get games like uh silent hill 2 remake they were hoping to get things like final fantasy 7 and a few others well it turns out that sony uh has exclusion rights or or blocking rights for uh, the contracts they did with square enix uh, we're we're going to get into the uh, the new controller uh, for the Xbox that is uh, going to have haptic triggers. We have a lot to get into, but let's introduce our special guest, who, of course, does not need an introduction, but he's going to get one anyway. Steel Rain, one half of the incredible voices of living split screen Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're on the hunt to 1K, and they're not too far away. Welcome, Steel. How you feeling, brother? Hey, boom. I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Look, again, uh, beautiful people. It is I, and I am him, the one and only Steel Rain. Look, it's just a blessing to be within the kingdom of Mr. Boomstick himself. And like you mentioned, living split screen, we are on that road to 1K. Uh, we tend to favor that RTS view over there where we pull ourselves out of the world and look at the darker crevices of the map, pulling those resources together and just so we can have an overall conversation about what goes on throughout the industry, kind of like what Boom does here. But I do it with my brother from another, the uncanny gentleman himself, Pong Soul. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a pleasure to be here. I saw that you had some slots open. I uh, figured I'd use my key. I haven't used it in a while and open that back door, open the fridge, make a sandwich and sit, just sit down at the table and see what you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, it's great to have you here, brother. Definitely appreciate you being a appreciate part you. of the conversation. Retri, what's going on, brother? How you feeling? Listen, we got a lot to get into and I think we're going to get potentially yeah. a, a feisty Retri today. Are you ready to rock and roll? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Boom. Happy to be here. Uh, hope the panel and everybody in chat had a great holiday. I know that I did, and my stuff is definitely spiked, so it's going to be a spicy one today. So I'm ready to talk. I keep looking at Titanfall because I love this game. So uh, one, one of my favorite games. It. Uh, it, it, this <laughs> is this is both for me my a, a great subject because my heart is so full with uh, as much fun and the thousands of hours I played of Titanfall, both one and two, uh, but also a heartbreak because well. We don't have a Titanfall 3. I don't know if we ever will uh, because Apex Legends is such a you know beast when it comes to making mm -hmm. money. But, I mean, you could make a free-to-play Titanfall and it would make bank. Uh, so if, um, if if they're listening, if Respawn Games is listening to the show, 
gee damn it get it done because we're tired of waiting um and uh daniel mcgee what's going on brother how you feeling welcome back pretty good pretty good i'm uh i'm extending the christmas season i got my got my fuzzy blanket i'm just uh (laughs) if i fall asleep midstream just start yelling i'll wake up I promise. Yeah, you have your, your sleepy time tea right next to you, ready to rock and roll. That's I do. I'm just stuff. I'm just cozy. Uh, that's good stuff. Well, listen, folks, let, let's let's get right into it. Um, you know, we, we this is the reason why I wanted to uh, discuss um, the Lena Khan situation uh, because she wrote uh, in the Wall Street Journal the other day, December twenty first, twenty twenty two. Uh, she posted it at 5.10 p.m. This is by Lena Khan, who is, of course, the head chair or the chairperson at the FTC. Uh, and it's her breaking down what they are willing to do when it comes to allowing or blocking these big mergers. And one of the things that has me incredibly perplexed, folks, is her opening salvo. Listen to this, folks. Now, again, I'm reading verbatim from the WallStreetJournal.com slash articles, and it says this. The ESG won't stop the FTC. Our job is to prevent illegal mergers, not make the world a better place. That is coming directly from Lena Khan. But why I wanted to get into this is for uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, for, For instance, she wrote uh, after she, you know, she advertised that she wrote this opt into the Wall Street Journal. She made a couple of tweets, and someone responded to those tweets that I have incredible respect for, incredible trust for. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about the great Jez Corden of Windows Central and the Xbox Two podcast. Obviously, Jez is normally a very reserved journalist. Uh, for a lot of reasons, he's professional. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him per- in person in uh, E3 2019. He is a gentleman, and uh, he does put out some really, really well thought out written articles. Uh, and he he actually responded directly to Lena Khan. But I'm going to read you what Lena Khan said in her first two tweets about this publication or published uh, opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. She says, one, corporations sometimes try to convince the FTC to back off from blocking an illegal deal and making making ESG commitments or swearing to use their power for whatever they view as the greater good. My Wall Street Journal op-ed explains why this tactic does not work. She goes on to say in, in line two, antitrust laws don't let us turn a blind eye again to illegal mergers just because firms promise some unrelated social benefit. Our role is to serve as law enforcers who block unlawful activity, not as deal makers who accept reduced competition in exchange for some unrelated benefit. Now, of course, that is absolutely preposterous, but I'm going to read directly what of course, Jez Corden of Windows Central had to sign. And again, folks, this is very fiery for someone, for a journalist that works for Windows Central, that has his career online anytime he puts something out there. This is a great read. And I'm going to read it to you so you don't have to read it for yourself. This is what Jez Corden says. Lena Khan should resign. 
She is blinded by ideology and ignorance of the gaming industry and seeks to use the Xbox Activision deal as a bludgeon to the detriment of consumers across the entire world, not just the United States. He goes on to say, folks, illegal mergers, she says, publicly, the audacity, LOL, protecting Sony's dominating market position. What fantasy universe does the FTC live in? And he says this as as um, his closing closing statement. If it's illegal, why aren't they taking it directly to federal court? Bingo. I mean that 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 is the line of the of the day. Uh, and I'm going to start first uh, with Retri here. Retri, you are, have been fired up since this whole thing started because she Lena Khan specifically in almost everything she says uses the word illegal yeah if it is supposed to be the doorstop for everything that comes across her desk and that is not in fact the case now maybe something like the chip manufacturer that was going to take over 90 percent of making chips for the world i can see that being a problem because you don't Mm -hmm. want a person making 90 percent of the unite of the world's chips that's a problem this abk deal does not even at its worst check any boxes of the word illegal what are your thoughts on her her, her open opt and more importantly what jez corden had to say about it well i completely agree with jez obviously and for those who don't know uh esg is environmental social and corporate governance factors basically yes. it sounds like the concessions so yes. Microsoft bending over backwards with these concessions, basically FTC and she is saying, we don't care, um, which I think is complete BS. I don't, she, like Jez is saying, you want to, you don't want to take this to court, to federal court, do you? Cause you're going to get your ass handed to you and she will. And she should know that she's smart. She's not a, you know, she's not an idiot. So I'm just kind of tired of the grandstanding and things that she's saying doesn't make a lot of sense. And she's going against the unions here, which completely shocks me. I don't understand how worldwide the unions are backing this up. The biggest unions in the United States are backing this up. It's like completely ignoring your base and just do whatever whatever the hell you want just because you hate big tech. It doesn't make sense. It's not illegal. I just I'm just tired of her to be honest with you. Um some of us think she's doing it to protect her job. That's me because she's lost 6 in a row and I think she can't handle a 7th. I think it'll be bad for her career. And I, I think, honestly, that's why she's doing it. Unfortunately, high-profile Democrats are backing her up on this, which, again, doesn't make sense when your base is telling you it's okay. They're just ignoring us altogether. So it's very political. I hate to bring in politics to this. But it's a part it of is. the conversation, it though. It's, it's, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 I'm it, just... Looking forward to them getting their butt kicked. We think this might be a play to to 
hit the pause button so the CMA and the EU take control and stop this thing. But the way things are flowing lately, it feels like they're pro merger. This is a vertical merger, anyways. This isn't taking away competition. Right. It's increasing it. I don't know what else to say. I'm starting to really dislike her <laughs> and the Democrats that I used to vote for, by the way, uh, and I back up or really make me change my mind on what I'll be doing um, next time around. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I don't think she has a prayer. You know, you're 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 on to something. Uh, obviously, we don't talk about politics because politics is dirty, right? Politics is dirty business. None of us really care for it. Uh, I certainly I, I vote. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm you know, I do. I, I'm it's my it's my right as a citizen who pays taxes. So I when I when I see something that if I want change and I feel that my vote is going to help that change, I'm, I'm going to vote. But we, we're, we're here to talk about video games and you're not wrong for bringing politics into this, because to be honest with you, Retri, uh, this is incredibly politically motivated. Um, And the Democrats are, in fact, uh, some high power, some high profile Democrats have come out, uh, uh, you know, and, and, you know, said that they're, 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 they're happy that Mina Khan stood up to big tech, you know, to, you know, to the, you know, big bad uh, Microsoft. And that's fine, um, but there's a time and place. Yes, and you're I agree. picking the exact wrong fight. Yeah. I I don't understand it. If we if we can sit here, like I said before, line by line and destroy every argument that the FTC has, the lawyers are gonna have a field day with this. Yeah. Like it's yeah, gonna be a slam dunk. It looks so easy to defeat them in federal court. I I can't wait. I hope it goes there. FTC doesn't want it to go there. I hope it does so we can get this over with because I'm tired of talking about this BS. I think I'm starting to change my mind on the CMA. I think they are now actually probably leaning towards passing it. So things are looking up. Yeah. And in my opinion, Uh, we're going to have an idea of where they're going to go and what concessions they are going to. And again, folks, if you, if you're wondering why we're now all depending on the CMAs because the CMA uh, and the EU Commission, unlike the FTC, will accept concessions, which is what they're supposed to do in these situations. Hey, listen, what can we do to make this deal, make you comfortable about the deal? And if it's not too off the wall, they'll they'll accept it, and they'll and they'll approve it. Um, one of the big one of the big uh, sticking points here is, uh, and it just so happens to be like right place, right time for Microsoft is they don't have a thumbprint or a footprint in mobile. Uh, and, and in that region of the world that, you know, the, both of these entities uh, call it a duopoly, meaning that Apple and Google are the only players in that space. And they are they they run things how they want to run it because, well, they're the they're the big bads there. Microsoft getting a piece of the of the action with this open ended way of doing their of, of mobile is going to is going to force change. So it's a win win. It's a it's a win win for everybody. And at the end of the day, again, the deal isn't illegal. The Call of Duty is not going away from anyone. As a matter of fact, it's being brought to Nintendo Switch because they signed a ten year deal. Um, but I, I I think, and I've said this from the beginning. I don't know Lena Khan. 
I know that she has, she's accredited. She obviously, is, you know, she she's in the position because the president of the United States put her there. He thought that she had what it took to run the chair, to, you know, to be the chairperson. Uh, obviously, her six losses as head of the FTC proves otherwise. And this frivolous, and I say that uh, using her own line, a frivolous lawsuit as if uh, the, uh, the one in front of us is going to be loss number seven. And I think that the reason why this uh, was uh, kept in the in-house for the FTC to see their judge is because she un- she knows in her heart that if this went to a federal judge, she would be laughed out of court and she'd be she'd lose again. So um, hopefully uh, in the spring of 2023, the Supreme Court agrees that the FTC is abusing their power about keeping these lawsuits in the lower courts and having to appeal to get to the higher courts, wasting millions and millions of dollars. And also, of course, not bringing uh, due process to the law, which is what we are entitled to as United States citizens. Uh, I think the FTC is going to be in big trouble. And I think big change is going to come. And I think it's going to start with Lena, uh, Lena Khan uh, either being fired or resigning. Uh, and I think ultimately that is what's going to happen. Um, Daniel McGee, let, let, let's get your opinion on this. Lena Khan, she puts out this open, uh, this open uh, off to the, you know, her opinion piece to the Wall Street Journal. Um, obviously, it was not because she felt that she wanted to, you know, to, in, you know, enlighten the people. Uh, the, the week before, she got destroyed publicly by both Activision and Microsoft. I mean, literally destroyed. And everyone that is anyone in the business uh, came out. And said that, you know, again, I, I said this private, privately to you guys. I'll say it publicly. Um, one of the former chairs called this a fool's errand. Literally said on the air, it's a fool's errand. Um, they, she's been called out by, all, you know, her own peers. When that happens, you got to ask yourself, is in fact a fool's errand? And I think it is. What, what are your thoughts on her response to we're not here to protect the world or change the world? I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really funny. So it, there's the part that that's the part that keeps sticking in my mind from all the stuff that she said uh, is where she's like, we have to block deals, not make the world a better place. And that feels like it's like the last sentence of a super villains, like the ends justify the mean <laughs> speech. Um yeah. And it's just like, love it. how do you like, like you put this out in text, like you, you could have proofread this and, and saw that whenever you say I'm not here to make the world a better place, you come off as like the bully in a reality TV show who's like, I'm here to win, not make friends. Like, it's the same energy. Yep. Uh, and it's and I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how it's like, I don't know, maybe people are like bullying her online or something. And so she's like snapping back at them. And I guess I can kind of understand that to some extent. But it's like, I don't know, man, like maybe just maybe just like proofread your stuff because you had to have known that that wasn't going to go off or well. Um, I don't know if I'm in the same uh, boat as far as like, oh, it's the, the Democrats are all are all doing the bad thing. And like, I don't know that I'd necessarily go that far. I think there's definitely a couple of high profile ones like Elizabeth Warren was in on it early, but I don't think she said anything about it for a while. And Bernie Sanders, but he's, I mean, let's be honest. He's like Jim Ryan. He doesn't know how to hold a controller. He's hes like Pacino at the Game Awards. He doesn't know where he is. He <laughs> like, he doesn't know what a, I was waiting for that what a video come back. game is, right? Like, he doesn't, <laughs> I'm not necessarily taking his, his opinion on this video game deal particularly seriously. I think he, because he probably just sees Microsoft and he's like, they're, they're still run by that Bill Gates fellow who jumps yeah. over the chair. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and I don't think no, he necessarily knows what's going on beyond that. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know necessarily that I'm, I'm prepared to, you know, paint with a broad brush and be like, oh, the Democrats are doing the bad thing. Um, even though like some of them clearly are, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, uh, I don't know about that. Um, but I don't know. I've never voted along party lines anyway. So it's, it, it doesn't really make much of a difference to me. Our first president, if I can go on a history tangent, our first president, George Washington, when he was leaving office, he was like, hey, don't do a two-party system. It's not going to work. And then here we are. And I think we've all found out that it doesn't work. And he was right. And, you know, Mr. Mr. Woodteeth had some ideas. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's it's this whole, I don't know, it's this whole just like grandstanding and just like people coming out and just talking out their ass and not saying things that make any kind of sense. And it's happening all across the board, you know, like people over PlayStation are saying it and like certain mm-hmm. politicians are saying it. Lena Khan is talking out her ass. Like it's just, there's so many people who are intentionally saying things that I think they know are not true just in order to make some political point. And it's just, it's just tiring to me yeah. to be like, okay, well you knew that that wasn't true. Which is then like maybe you like twisted the words a little bit so that it sounded like it was, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's not. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm really tired of the political aspect of this. You know, I, I yeah, really yeah. wanted to just be like, like I, I forget who it was saying, and you'll have to uh, for, or forgive me because I, I don't know the exact like breakdown of how all the the legal stuff on this works. But someone mm-hmm. was saying that like if the CMA and the EU pass it, then Microsoft can continue through with the deal, and then the FTC would have to sue to block it and then it would immediately go to court and i think that's correct hoping for at this point because right there's no way they lose that court case like every everyone who has looked at this court case from a legal standing every lawyer i've heard talk about it every judge even the guy who beat microsoft back in the 90s or whatever is like yeah there's no there's no case to be had here like there's there's no reason to block this deal uh and so it's just, I don't know, I, I'm hoping that we can just do that. <laughs> like, I think that... What, well, what, 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 yeah, what, what, what ultimately is going to happen, Daniel, uh, is if the, if the EU and the CMA say, yeah, we, we are approving the deal, uh, there's nothing illegal here, we are accepting Microsoft concessions, and they may add one of their own. Like, for instance, uh, you know, we've heard, uh, you know, the rumors or thoughts that uh, Microsoft wouldn't be allowed to raise Xbox Game Pass uh, the price of admission at fifteen dollars for three years. That mm. may be something that they'll uh, they'll accept. Like that's fine. You know, we, we, we'll keep getting the subscriptions. They have the family plan coming, so right. we don't we don't do that. We get the deal passed. If in fact they do pass, uh, both of them pass this deal, Microsoft then can move forward. Microsoft may or may not, but if they do, what the FTC would have to do is. Um, uh, uh, apply an injunction mm-hmm. to block the deal, uh, which, which, we, which would then take it from their FTC administrative judges right directly to a federal judge. Uh, it would go like, you know, uh, pass, go, collect $200. That, that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> right. And it would go right in front of a federal judge. And the federal judge would then, of course, you know, they'd set a date and they would have their date in court and Microsoft would just eviscerate the FTC's claims. Uh, and mm-hmm. it would be thrown out because, again, she keeps using the word illegal for this deal. And there really is nothing illegal about this deal. So hopefully yeah. the CMA and the EU commission both uh, think that, yes, this is be- this is great for the industry. They do take into account the 75 percent right. plus people that responded pu- from the public. And they also are, uh, take into account all of Microsoft's peers like the EAs and the Ubisoft's. 
and the take twos and they don't look at just sony and be like well they're the market leader and they're crying well that's why they're crying uh hopefully logic yeah. will come into play here um Anything else you you want to add to the conversation before I hand it over to Steel Rain? Because I, I know that Steel has a lot <laughs> to get into. <laughs> no, I, the only other thing that I wanted to mention was there was that bit where I think it was on the Bloomberg interview, maybe where uh, uh, Sam's was like he was saying that the because they didn't allow them to have a hearing before they filed to to block it. That mm-hmm. he he was saying that they like violated the constitutional right of due process and all that stuff. And I don't know. It sounds like. It sounds like Brad Sams is like, it is Brad Sams. Oh, it's right? Brad Smith. Everyone calls it Sam. Right. Yes, <laughs> there's one. There's a reporter who's something Sams, and then there's the other one. Yes, yeah, Brad Sams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he uh, he was saying that he, you know, that they had violated the constitutional right, uh, and it, so it just it seems like he's just like, yeah, okay, I've got all my ducks in a row. Like, if this goes anywhere, like it seems like he knows exactly what he's going to do. Like he's prepared to take this all the way to the top if it needs to. Now I don't know necessarily that Microsoft would want to pay for it to go all the way to the top. Right. Uh, But you know, it just, it seems like they're prepared for anything. And I think, yeah, well, I mean, I think they'll go all the way. Yeah, I I do. I, I I, I think this is going, this is, uh, I, I, there there was something written, but, and I don't have it in front of me because I didn't necessarily originally think we were going to talk about this, but it was, it was proposed that Microsoft, has a hundred million dollars uh, set aside to fight this in court. Think about that for a second: a hundred million dollars to fight yeah. this in court. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's way more than that. I bet you it's oh, way more. We okay. know the yearly uh, FTC what they have three hundred fifty million. I guarantee mm-hmm. Xbox will put it that. Might, it might have more. been a hundred billion. I, I I have to find the. Uh, let, let, yeah. let me see if I can and, find the. Hundred million with, seems low, but. And, and with stuff like that too, it's like when when it comes to businesses like Microsoft, for an example, or I should say companies like Microsoft, there are so many different ways they could dig into their own bag to yeah. mm-hmm. say that it's oh it's for these other things when it's actually being used for something completely different, um, just because of how business works. But they they have a lot that's working in their advantage, man. I so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't have to go all the way to the Supreme Court because that would take forever. Yeah. Years. It would take um, years. Yeah. It would, it would take years. Yeah. It, it's good to know, I guess, that they're willing to take it that far or at least willing to threaten to take it that far. Right. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 listen, this is a big deal. Uh, this has uh, a significant amount of relevance for Microsoft, but not just Xbox. You see, that's what people keep right. keep people keep thinking that this is about Call of Duty when I'm, t- I am, I'm, I am, I implore you that it is not. It is about yeah, King, Candy Crush, folks. If I know that it's you, it maybe a dumb game for you. Oh, it's just you know you're breaking stupid candy. Who cares? I'm gonna tell you who cares. Millions of dollars each day are into the bank account of whoever owns that IP, and that's gonna eventually be Microsoft. They want in on King because King makes more money. Than Call of Duty. I I I am I've seen the numbers, to, I, folks. I am telling you, I will pull the stats for you mm-hmm. in a second. But still, before I get to you, brother, yeah, let me just read uh, the four super chats that have Please, popped in because it's perfect. Um, 
Yes, uh, Gerald Mack, good, generous friend of the program, not only just dropped an Xbox gift card code in the chat, he dropped a $2 Super Chat times two. The first one, he says, welcome back, Mr. Boomstick. Thank you for the the welcome. I could not end the year with not having a podcast to talk about all this great news. We have almost 500 people in the chat. That is amazing. And of course, if you're new, please consider subscribing. Folks, we are, and I, I, I like being, I love numbers. 498 subs away Ooh. from 12k. Oh, let's go. Let's turn up the dial to 12. Hit the like button. <laughs> hit the like yeah, hit that like button. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, we have the herd theorem drops a very generous $10 super chat, but it's it's what he says here that is incredibly important and I think incredibly relevant to the current time where we are in the world he says thanks for keeping the gaming uh content coming during the holidays boom and it's my pleasure to do so but this is the important this is the important part of the conversation he says for those experiencing holiday depression and that's a thing Mm -hmm. folks or have lost loved ones during the holidays you are not alone keep fighting and yes that is in fact it's giving me goosebumps, brother. Let me tell you something. Thank you for the incredible public service message. And folks, I'm here to tell you that if you need to talk, Mr. Boomstick's DMs are open. I speak with everyone. I'll even call if you need someone. You give me, you drop your number, I'm calling. Because um, I had to retire after 21 years of serving the wonderful and great people of New York City as a police officer. And I had a dream career. I went back to the neighborhood that I grew up in and was able to serve that community for 21 years. And I had a spinal cord injury that kind of cost me my career, but I'm now live on the air and I'm entertaining people and I love helping. And even though I can't do the the, the popo thing anymore, if I can help someone off the ledge, it's going to be an honor to do so. So if you're struggling and you need someone to talk to reach out and we, 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 we will, we will hash it out. Uh, but so thank you for the uh, the very generous super chat. And of course, thank you for the beautiful and incredibly important message. Uh, Carlos Nieves drops a very generous super chat and says, this is basically the process of being mm-hmm. punished, uh, the process of being the punishment tactic at mm-hmm. play as a mean to force the deal to, to be pulled for Microsoft to pull out of the deal carelessly at the expense of U.S taxpayers that is absolutely mm-hmm. correct gerald mm-hmm. mack of course he dropped the code in there we just had two more we had another super chat while wow, we had a big one come in uh 20 super chat from jacob novick thank you brother for the generosity he says don't forget that sony bought the anime streaming service Crunchyroll, and then did merge them with funimation and now an anime shirt shop uh that's right and in fact the ftc passed the first merger but the doj was scared of the monopoly after funimation oh and there is yeah yeah i mean that, 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 that that's that is that's a bit a of a comment. monopoly if it's you're extremely the only one. cornered right now yeah yep. it's it, if, if it's not placed if it if it's not funimation and it's and, and it's not Crunchyroll, where you get the anime and who well, owns that one corporation owns that yeah. so funimation is inside of Crunchyroll now well yeah. they haven't combined them yet but yeah uh Crunchyroll now owns funimation that's getting rolled into Crunchyroll. and that's so that's a big like, that's a problem that's uh, a big problem anime I mean, anime is is a big deal in this country um coming and, yet, for sure. yeah yeah so listen steel mm-hmm. let's let, 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 let's get your raw and uncut opinion <laughs> as we do each and every saturday Please. uh listen i don't have anything against lena khan 
uh, I don't know the woman, but I can oh, yeah. say that how she has how she has positioned the FTC that she is running right. is not is reckless. I yeah. think that there is there is definitely uh, an issue of political agendas being yes. at play here. There is certainly uh, there there might be some. Um, I I, I want to be right, so I'm going to burn the world, at, you know, to, to get the, to get we'll that see. victory. Right. What, what What are your thoughts on what has been said so far? Well, boom. I want to start off with. Um, I, I think I've coined a new phrase, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try it here, and you guys let me know what you think. Um, what I'm going to do is because we're not lawyers, we're not. Uh, I'm not in that system. I don't understand how a lot of that stuff works, but I have been in customer service, and I feel like I understand how people think for the most part. But with that being said, I like to take this perspective, and this this is the quote that I've uh, I've coined here. I'm going to take the educated consumer perspective, and that's ECP for short. And what I mean by that is just taking everything that I've learned in my uh, 30 years of living and working and everything, um, and pouring it into the situation. With that, I'm going to start with this. The FTC empowers the agency to invest and prevent unfair methods of competition in unfair or deceptive acts or practices affecting commerce. This creates the agency two primary missions, protecting competition and protecting consumers. Now, me as an individual who has started taking this educated consumer perspective, because I'm not the lawyer, um, and I can't speak on that behalf. And if you want somebody that who can, uh, Hoglaw is a great source. Now, he's not the only one. There's many more. Find, find your favorite. But I got to take the ECP today, Educated Consumer Perspective. And with that, if this is your role as the FTC and all the CMA and all these other um, people who are looking into uh, what's going to be good for the consumers and making sure that the um, – you're supposed to be helping protect competition in all shapes and forms. The company that has been trying to claw their way through competition um, has finally spent an ungodly amount of money um, by incorporating Microsoft to be part of Xbox, uh, which Xbox is and has been told to the masses now that Xbox is a main pillar of Microsoft. Now that Microsoft has gotten involved and has spent more money than anybody else has been willing to uh, spend within the industry, now there's a huge cry out. And I say, and this is part of the reason I'm taking the educated consumer perspective, is because you have to be able to listen to other people's thoughts, right? And what I'm getting from a lot of people, it's like, it's not just about, oh, you know, there are some of us on one side, I, I would say more so majority, hopefully, that believe that, hey, Microsoft's in third place, even when this deal goes through with all the information that we found, um, they're still going to be in third place. The market share right now is highly in Sony's favor, even Nintendo, um, because you can't remove them from the conversation like they try to. Which is preposterous at best. Yeah, exactly. Um, because Nintendo's gaming and you can't this this doesn't make any sense because now you're you're doing it to pitch things a certain way um and that's not what you're here for right your your main two missions are protecting competition to protect the consumers correct all right well let's speak on that currently what microsoft has done is again brought up the fact that they are a multi-trillion dollar company um they do have the wherewithal to go into their bank um sit down at a table and say hey what do we need to make this happen Microsoft has been in third place this entire through the entire time they've been in gaming. If you want to consider third place even a spot, because um, in a lot of space, um, unless we're talking about 360, they weren't even really considered a 
main focus of gaming for a lot of people. Oh, it's not PlayStation, it's not Nintendo. Oh, who cares about that Xbox thing? Now, again, you've had your Halos and you've had your other games that have come out, Skyrims and whatnot, that have definitely uh, made it stick out, but not so much as the hardware companies that have been doing this for much longer than Microsoft has, right? As a service-based company, um, I, to me, I wouldn't expect for you just to be the greatest at hardware, but they've been doing pretty well. Now that they've taken it seriously, you want to, people are now falling back into that old mindset of, oh, well, Microsoft had Windows and Windows is, they tried to force AOL on everybody and, um, you know, they're just this big bad, they're known for monopolizing things, although they've been so far removed from that and actually have become more consumer facing than many other companies around the world globally. Correct. And have continued to try to make strides on what they feel is going to be, um, is there one of their, is their goal or whatever, right? Um, they tried to do it with the Xbox One era, stepping into the uh, the TV, digital, and trying to pitch everybody that before we were ready. We as the consumers were not ready. So me taking that educated consumer perspective, ECP, you, I look at the situation as though, Every time that I hear more from this, it just reconfirms that if it's not certain people within the industry shaking hands with each other, then it's a problem. If you're spending too much money, even as a American company who is trying to actually create more American business, there's other things that play behind the scenes, which is why when you guys say, oh, it's politically driven, there's other things behind the scenes. I know we don't want to talk about that, but there is something else. There has to be other things going on behind the scenes. Yes, it's easy to say, oh, they're spending $70 billion in business. They could spend $70 billion on making games. Okay, but they've spent almost $100 billion making games. They've actually spent $100 billion within the gaming industry because Sony and Nintendo have such a deep grasp in the consumer's pockets, mindset, and mindset, excuse me, that they had to do something different Yes, to get into the minds of the people. And that one thing still has not proven anything. As yep. a matter of fact, as people have spoken on it, they have everybody who has stated on the digital era currently and how uh, Game Pass is moving and that it is a unknown space. This is a gamble at the end of the day. Microsoft is spending $100 billion on a gamble that they think is working. And for the one time within this gaming industry currently, they have their thumb on the pulse and it's a problem because nobody else is ready. That's what people are scared of. What is, what can Microsoft do once they get the cloud involved? Oh, well, they're a service-based company, so they may try to do A, B, C, and D. It's no longer just about gaming. And that's why when you guys bring in that, um, but the about the political side of it, you you have to because it's not just about gaming anymore. These are people behind the scenes, um, you know, sitting at a table like, oh, you know, what really are what really are these problems? Are there any problems? And like you guys have mentioned with Lena Khan, she already has a record of being 0-6, uh, like of uh, uh, just not taking any W's. And in a, and she is a main proponent of trying to attack big tech. Guess what? Microsoft in this instance, no matter how you want to slice it, is big tech. They're an easy example to make because, oh, well, they're big, bad Microsoft, unfortunately. This isn't 30 years ago. 
This is like this. It's not going to play out 20 years ago. This is not going to play out the way that you think that it's going to. And it could impossibly ruin how people look at your character and how people look at the FTC or how people look at all these other commissions and how they are treating the industry. That's my problem. To this day, you have given me more ammo to believe that only certain people can have the power. And if that's the case, this industry is a lot more effed up than we think. And that's why we need to have continue to have these conversations. So. I love it. I think, I, I think everyone has knocked this out of the park. I think it's, it, it's, 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 it, I think the way that we have represented the conversation today, I'm honored to do it. I know that it, it is for some people getting a little long in the tooth, but it, when you start to see, see, it, it, it's because we have these conversations that change are going to happen and change is going to come at some point. Lena Khan is going to be removed from her chair position, uh, not not because she wins or loses is because she's sitting on an ideology that is uh, not representing the the uh, the people, us and her bullish uh, opinion on well, because we can sue, we're just going to sue. And the fact that she's wasting millions and millions of taxpayer dollars, someone in Congress is going to be like, yeah, you, you can't keep doing that. Folks, if, if you didn't know, we're in a recession. And if, you, and, and if you want more proof as to why something like Xbox Game Pass is incredibly important to someone like myself who, who lives on a retired salary, because you know, obviously I'm retired from the NYPD, up the block over here, folks. You know how much a carton egg, a, a carton of eggs is right now? Right now in New Rochelle, New York, nine dollars, folks. I'm not making that stuff up. Nine dollars for a carton of eggs is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of? It should be, but for fifteen dollars, I can get five hundred. I can get five hundred plus games, and eventually one of those games is going to be Call of Duty and Diablo Four and whatever else they're all making. And I think that that should be at the focal point. Instead of worrying about Sony not being in first place for being, you know, Sony just being Sony. They, they have sat like a fat king on their throne and they have charged everyone and they have done things that like for perfect example, the animation situation. No one has talked about that. Right. That that's a problem. They crunchy Funimation is being rolled into into Crunchyroll, no pun intended. And that's going to be a monopoly. But but has the government stepped in to, to stop to you know to fix that? No, they have not. So there there are there are a lot of things going on uh, that make you really scratch your head. And again, I we don't like talking about government, but unfortunately we have to because this is a situation that requires us to have this conversation. And uh, it's certainly not going to be the only one we have here because we got to get into uh, what Sony's been up to, folks. Um, now, obviously. On tomorrow's primetime gaming, we're going to get into the real muddy details of what Jim Ryan said originally about Game Pass and what he said to uh, the FTC and EU regulators. But we are going to definitely get into uh, some dirty laundry that has been put out there by Microsoft. Uh, and, and, and we got a story, of course, from Windows Central, who I, I like, I love using because, well, they're really good. It turns out, folks, you know, like someone like myself, who doesn't mind double dipping, right? Like I buy games on PlayStation and I buy games on the Xbox because I love a particular game and I will play through it multiple times. I do that with almost every Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2 Remake 3, 7, and 8, right? I have it on both consoles because I really do love this. It's my favorite series of all time. 
and I play through it on both consoles and I have just as much fun. Uh, sometimes I enjoy it better on the PlayStation because of the haptics, especially when you're using like the guns and stuff. And sometimes I enjoy it, uh, you know, playing on the, 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 you know, the, the Xbox for achievements and things of that nature. You know, it, it, it's, it's a balance. But one of the things that I was waiting for as a diehard Final Fantasy VII OG fan who beat it in Japanese by using FAQs and then beat it again on PlayStation America when it came out for us, uh, was very much looking forward to playing Final Fantasy VII on both consoles. Now, I haven't beaten Final Fantasy VII. I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle of it. I probably got halfway through before something else took my attention. But I was really hoping to play that. On Xbox. Now, I know a lot of people were like, oh, would you buy it? Boom. Yeah, I would have spent the 70 bucks. It's not a problem because I love the franchise and I really do like the remake. Well, it turns out, folks, that that is one of the games confirmed by Microsoft that is never coming. It's never, ever, ever going to come to an Xbox console. You know what else is never, ever coming thanks to the blocking rights situation that they have going on in these contracts? Uh, Silent Hill 2 Remake. That, that that looks like that's one of the games that's also never going to potentially come. That one um, hurts. Th- th- that one hurts a lot. I mean, listen, I'm going to buy Silent Hill 2 on my <laughs> PlayStation 5. I'm Day one, if there's a collector's edition and there's a statue of the main character, I'm all in. But you, if you want to play it on Xbox, what, 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 have, what has Xbox players been told by the very, very vocal Sony players. Well, if you Spy want to play Spider-Man, buy PlayStation, Spy. right? So <laughs> there's that. Um, l- let me pull up the story. I have it here in our DMs. Uh, I want to. I want. I want to get to it because it w- it it was in fact written um, by Windows Central. At least that's the story that I um, that I pulled. Let me see if I could find it over here as we get into it. Um, well, you know what? Let me let me pull up uh, the uh, there 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 is a um, a Twitter account that I follow. It's called Xbox News for Koreans, um, and uh, they are constantly putting out really well thought out and described tweets. Uh, if yeah, you're not following them, you should. It's at Korea Xbox News. Um, I, I I they get my thumb up thumbs up or or, or thumbs of approval of whatever you want to put it, but. They put out something uh, that uh, which I which I want to read, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, and this is a contract uh, that was uh, that was done by Sony uh, and, and Square Enix. And it says this: exclusivity st- strategies are not uncommon in the games industry, and other market participants have access to their own content. Both Sony and Nintendo's exclusive first-party games ra- rank among the best-selling in Europe and worldwide. Now, I believe this: what I'm reading you, this excerpt that I'm reading from you uh, according to, let me, let me just back this out and I'll read you exactly what they, where they say it's from. It's from the assets, assets.publishing.service government UK. Um, So I think this might be a part of uh, what the CMA or the EU are using in their documents for this ABK deal. Folks, it goes on to say this current Sony exclusive content includes prominent first party titles, such as the last of us, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, and Spider-Man. In addition to having outright exclusive content, Sony also has entered into arrangements with third-party publishers which require the exclusion of Xbox 
from the set of platforms uh, these publishers can distribute their games on. Some prominent examples of these agreements include Final Fantasy VII Remake by Square Enix, Bloodborne from, uh, from, from Software, the upcoming Final Fantasy XVI Square Enix, and the recently announced Silent Hill 2 Remastered by Bloober Team. Folks, here you go. Confirmed for you live on the air, Silent Hill 2 Remastered or Remake or whatever you want to call it is not coming to the Xbox. Not but good now, news. But it's I, Bloober Team, so meh. Well, Sorry. I mean... <laughs> Did you play the medium? Because I, I did. I played the medium, and it wasn't Ugh. what I expected. I I was a I was a I, I, I for me it was like a, it was like a six out of ten, and yeah. on some on some aspects maybe a five and a half, and some others a six and a half, depending on what part of the game I played. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Now, granted, Bloober Team. They've had some hits, they've had some misses, but they are working with the original people who made Silent Hill 2. So there's hope that because they have this blueprint in front of them, a remake, they're not reinventing the wheel. So hopefully that it we get the for Silent 2, uh Silent Hill 2 is probably the pinnacle of the series, the same way I feel as Resident Evil 2 is for that series like for me as great yeah, as resident evil is across the board to this day resident evil 98 is still in my top five number one in my number one game of of all time followed by resident evil 2 remake that has made the second spot now originally it was switched but i went back to 98 because 98 resident evil 2 98 is well it's the goat um but here you go folks um we are hearing we have this document this is literally from the this is a, go- a governmental uh Paperwork that was filed with the UK. Clearly, it says that Final Fantasy VII um, is has an, an exclusion contract never to come to the Xbox. And now we have learned that Silent Hill 2 has been added to that list right along with Final Fantasy 16. And it just seems, folks, that Sony is able and allowed to do these very, very anti-consumer, uh, f- f- you know, will fund you to the PlayStation brand tactics and it, it it is really hilarious how much they have cried to regulators. We'll start first with Steel Rain. We'll we'll, we'll reverse to Steel Rain. This is, it's here. I sent it in the DM. Everyone has it. You can yeah. read it. I read it verbatim. What, what are your thoughts on this this confirmation from Xbox that Sony has exclusion rights in a lot of the deals that they do to further push people to their platform? I mean, it, that's it's been their their whole thing since they've been in business, man. I mean, um, it's not necessarily surprising to me, but it does tie back into the previous conversation a little bit to where, um, or at least how we've looked at it, because anybody that's been part of gaming over the last couple of few decades knows how things have panned out. Um, knows why Sony's in the position that they are. Knows why, um, Sony gets the. Um, a lot of the passes that they do, right? Whether you want to say that that's quality or their marketing or um, just their brand power and the the way that people uh, respect what Sony is. Um, you could say that's based off of their um, Japanese culture. I mean, they it could go way back to something like that. And um, because they've held a lot of that to heart and will continue to do, um, you know, the art of war is that probably something that they really 
keep on hand. That's probably their Bible, right? Um, on how they look at the gaming industry, at least. Uh, and Sony is always going to do things. And even though it gets seen as, oh, they're crying, they're complaining, they're saying Sony's doing what they should when their competitor has more of a space to kind of move around in right um you're using your brand power you're using your you're shaking you're getting the right people in the room and saying hey uh i know you remember that deal that i helped you with the other day yeah i need your help with this one now hey you remember 10 years ago when i helped you make this and yeah i need you to help us with this now hey square enix you know you guys just don't work with the western audience how about you guys you know shed the weight of those Western studios, and yeah, no, you don't really care about them. You say they're not, don't make great games anyway, although Guardians of the Galaxy was great for an example. Um, and you just focus on the Eastern side of things. Oh, Xbox, you just give them uh, whatever you feel is not as great uh, because we want to make sure that our, uh, our Eastern side is supremely taken care of. And I just think that's un that one is unfortunate because things have changed also, um, which is something else that I think they just have fallen short in. Um, the industry isn't the same. And I think game pass being the main proponent and them and Xbox pointing out that, Hey, Sony still has these and will continue to have these exclusion deals. Um, so what is there to be said about this? Just kind of more refines why there's an issue with um, the Activ Activision Blizzard deal going through, right? Um, Xbox is trying to bolster their own talent, trying to bolster their own uh, corporation, their gaming division, while Sony has continuously done that. And they've had nothing but room to be able to do that and continue to be given grace to be to do things as they've always done it and nobody else shakes, a head, uh, shakes their hand at it. And again, and it's not just about the money side of it, but it is, especially at this point, because, and I can say, because of things like Game Pass, because of things like subscription services, um, just be being able to have more access to games than I've personally ever had before has opened up a completely different lens in do we have to continue to do, or do I believe in doing these exclusion deals still? Sony obviously still does. And again, they will continue to. And it's just another one of those things to prove, is their strategy going to continue working? And that's what makes it interesting because you see Microsoft doing some, something completely different. And then honestly, it's not really different because it's more so they're just adding something additional on top or more so I would say on the bottom level to get you in versus you spending top dollar for everything to get in this ecosystem um, and then go from there. So yep. I think it just more so solidifies the issues that we current we saw in the previous topic also with why we don't understand why there should be any blocks where anybody should come through and say hey uh call of duty has to be everywhere well, why i mean spider-man's not everywhere oh it's because it's a multiplayer game oh because xbox is known for multiplayer that's a problem oh okay okay i, I got you oh oh well blizzard get oh you want those oh okay see and that's where that conversation ends up kind of yep. going at least in my perspective no, I love it. I love it. Like, well, first of all, I mean, great way to start off uh, the opening salvo for this particular topic. We got to welcome in Mr. Married Crazy Lou Gaming. <laughs> What's going on, brother? You're oh. taking time from the honeymoon to hang out with us. Welcome. Yeah, man. I'm happy to hang out with you guys. I've been oh, miss. I've been missing a lot of podcasting, man. Really, I've been missing it. I was like, man, I got to hop on and just let it out, let it out. Yes. Oh, man. Happy to join you guys, man. This is going to be a lot of fun today. 
Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get into your your opinion in a hot second. Uh, I gotta I gotta catch up on some super chats that have come in, and we'll get Retree's opinion on this. So, and let me just get to the super chats. Uh, we had uh, Jacob Novick drop an additional, very generous ten dollars super chat, and he says, "I copied and both wrote this right stuff, which is Crunchyroll's second merger is the largest anime specific retail and distribution company in North America, currently offering more than twenty two thousand products." Uh, he also, uh, we also have one from X Burke who drops a very generous five hours super chat and says, great conversation. Let it be known that Lena Khan has publicly stated they go into a lawsuit knowing they'll fail. Wrap your head around that. And yes, that that's again, folks, that's a real freaking problem. I mean, that's ridiculous. And Jacob Novick drops an additional very generous $5 super chat and says, fanboys are mad. We are calling Sony out on this, but, uh, but do it because, uh, if a trailer or something says that a Sony game is timed, let it be timed. Listen, Sony, they have a very different way of doing things, and it's because they're the market leader. People are afraid to move against Sony, and that means journalists, that means uh, developers, and that also means in some places and some cases like Square Enix publishers. Um, they They allow them to be the big bully in the schoolyard and dictate what happens. Uh, and I think that that is almost at an end. And I think a lot of people in the industry, some potentially even uh, someone like a, a 2K is tired of pandering to Sony who charges $10 more for next gen upgrades, who charges a fee for crossplay, who charges $3 more for their streaming service that doesn't offer day and date. I mean, they, they go out of their way to rake in the cash and bend their consumers over a barrel. And I think it's wrong. And a perfect example of that, that, that bullishness, that, uh, that aggressive behavior is folks, they raised their console prices by 50 bucks two years after the thing released. Like that is unheard of. That has never been done in gaming history. But they you pay for it. greatness, boom. You, you pay, pay for, for it. greatness indeed. Greatness tax. Um, we also have a big, a big mad Mo, who's been a channel member for eight months, says, shout out to Boom and the panel. It appears that Sony can do whatever they want. Microsoft put the money up. Now there is a problem. And I, I absolutely agree. So Retri, I mean, let's talk about it, brother. We, you know, we, we have uh, you know, we all knew eventually that Sony's filthy laundry would come out. And it was a ma only a matter of time before Microsoft would be the one to put it out there. And now we learned. Uh, now, you know, I mean, we kind of knew with Final Fantasy VII because it yeah. wasn't coming. That was not we a shocker. <laughs> we, we we didn't know about Final Fantasy XVI, but now we do. But I think the the, the real sticking point here is Bluebird Team's Silent Hill Two remake yeah. that is staying as a PlayStation Five exclusive. Now that hurts for a lot of people. For me. Yes, I'd rather I I would much rather play it on my Xbox, but I'm not going Same. to not buy it for the PlayStation Five because I'm a real big fan of that. Um, but again, it's pretty funny when you look at what Jim Ryan has done to go out of his way to make these moves around the world to make you know stop it off at, at every regulator's house with a PlayStation Five in hand to try and get this deal blocked when they are doing these things. And they're they're literally complaining about what they're suggesting Microsoft would do what they're already doing. What 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 are your thoughts on this confirmation that comes the way of Windows Central via Jez Corden? Well, it's Sony, so nothing surprised me 
that they do. This is just par for the course for them. I'm going to agree with something that King Webb said. He said, Microsoft Xbox needs to block right back. Yeah, this I agree. This is what I've been preaching forever. Yeah. Is to start I fire with fire is what, yeah. is what you're suggesting. Do it right, right back to them. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to see like Xbox step up and take Hogwarts, take take a zeitgeist type game and just nab it. Look, Lord of the Rings is still out there in the ether with Embracer. Nab it. Take it. That's what I say. But, you know, Final Fantasy, like I said, not surprising. 16 isn't surprising. I think Square Enix is a no go probably across the board for Xbox from now on. I'm not sure. I mean, we got other games from them into Game Pass, but not those types of games. Very specific games we got from them. So, it's. I just want to fight fire with fire. Sony's doing it, and it's perfectly acceptable. It's hypocritical for Jim Ryan to do what he's doing. Anyone who does five seconds of research knows this is BS. Microsoft just needs to do the same thing. Just do it right back to them and stop worrying about the public and what the outcry. No matter what you do as Microsoft, there's going to be an outcry. You're the big boy. You're big tech. Any move you make is going to get scrutinized and looked under a microscope. So F them, you know, too bad. Too bad. So sad. Go buy an Xbox. Just like all the guys on Twitter tell me to buy a PlayStation which I already have one, so I'm going to play those games anyways. And I know I knocked Blooper Team earlier on Medium because I hated the game, but I'm sure sure it's going to be fine. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen. I'm sure Silent Hill will be great. Yeah, look, here's the thing. Blooper Team, they're they're considered indie. They're small. Uh, They they probably have grown. Uh, Microsoft invested heavily into the Medium. That was an exclusive um uh it, it didn't do it didn't do very well on it, it wasn't critically uh you know it, it was like it was like an average game like 6.57 to some people um uh, it did have some problems i i quite enjoyed it there were some there were some scenes in it that were uh scary you know like especially when that thing is chasing you all over the place and you got to get the yep. f out of dodge um uh i mean I, I i enjoyed it i didn't love it um it's fine uh, felt I felt like a that, running sim to me. I didn't but, feel like you were doing much of anything, personally. I felt yeah. like I was playing a Kojima game, which I'm mm-hmm. also not a big fan of. But um, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we, we, we actually, if we have time, <laughs> we're gonna, we have a, a Kojima story we're going to get into uh, the, the, that's pretty interesting. But listen, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, it is, it is the, the, the most simplistic way, Daniel, I can, I can try and... Uh, explain the situation in front of us with Sony and the way they do business and how they have cried about ABK is when you see on, on YouTube or someone posts on Twitter, there's a kid, right? And he's getting bullied and he's not aggressive. He's not fighting back. And, and, and there's, you know, the kids are pointing and they're all laughing and that kid gets pushed into a corner so hard that all he can do to protect himself is to pick this this person up or this this entity up, throw him onto the floor, and fights over. Right, one move, it's done. But the but, but the the kid had no choice. He was he was getting slapped. He was getting punched. He was getting kicked literally in into a corner. 
and 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 the straw broke on the camel's back, so to speak. And that's what's happening right here. Uh, it is it is unbelievable that the bully, meaning Sony, is out here in these streets claiming and crying that they can't compete when they have been the market leader for two plus decades. It is, it is sickening to me, and it aggravates me in the worst way possible that they would have the audacity, the goal, if you will, to get out there and and try and limp around and claim that they are the victims here when you have been the market leader. You continue to dominate sales. You continue to be in first place, and because you don't want to change, you don't want industry change like Microsoft is offering with Xbox Game Pass, you're going to cry. What, what are your thoughts, uh, Daniel, on the confirmation that some big, big marketing games are not coming to, uh, to to Microsoft's platform? It's, man, it's really, it's just a mess. It, it, PlayStation is Eric Cartman, right? They, they roll out and they'll throw <laughs> insults That's all over the one. place. Uh, but as soon as Kyle throws a punch back, they're in the dirt crying and saying it's not fair. It's like, okay, dude, like, I get it. You've, you've been in charge for, like, what, 15 years, if not longer? Uh, and you don't want, you don't want the, uh, the status quo to change. And it's like, and some, on, on some level, I get that. The, so about these four games in particular, I think for me, Bloodborne is kind of the, yeah. the outlier here. That doesn't that, make for any me, sense. For that one, it's like, I don't know, like, they own that IP. I know they don't own From Software, so it's not, like, technically a first-party game. Um, but theoretically, they could give that title to somebody else and have them do something with it, I guess. Uh, they probably won't, on account of they've been just sitting on that since it came out, not even porting it to PC like everyone wants so that it can actually run good. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Amen. I don't know what they're doing with that. So that, that one's sort of an outlier to me where it's like, I don't know that that one necessarily is worth bringing up in, in this uh, new, the article that they wrote or whatever. Because it's like, I don't think anyone was expecting that to come to Xbox. The the Final Fantasy ones are very strange to me. Not because they've been bought as exclusive, but because specifically Final Fantasy VII, like, there was already a sticker on that box that said it was coming to Xbox like a year after. And that wasn't put there by the store. That was put there, you know, by Square Enix, right? It was because it was the same sticker at GameStop as it was at Walmart as it was at Target. Right. Um, which is really confusing to me because I feel like it's, you know, the fact that they missed that date by so much and now are evidently not planning to hit any date. It's like, well, is there, is there like a lawsuit coming for that? Is there gamers against Final Fantasy? Are there 10 <laughs> dudes from Boho who are going to start up a lawsuit that'll go nowhere to complain about that? Because it doesn't seem like it. I mean... Daniel, uh, Daniel, can I can I jump in for a hot second and yeah, bring something, bring the evidence? Because I'm all about evidence, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a retired New York City police officer, so obviously when I went to court, I had to have my memo book and all of my arrest paperwork to put someone in jail, right? That's, that's what I did. So what you're talking about specifically is the Final Fantasy VII Collector's Edition, which... I own now. Obviously, I'm a bit of a, a collecting nut, so as you can see, it's open, but the plastic is still on it. That's that's <laughs> many years of collecting skills. So I don't know if the camera can see it. Let me see if I can bring it to the camera. Hold on, let me move my finger. Okay, on that sticker that's on the front of this box, folks. If you can't read it, because well, I'm sorry if you can't read it. In fact, you know what? I'm going to do something here for a second because I want my point to come across. Here we go. Here is that sticker. 
PlayStation exclusive, but it says clearly on there timed, timed, timed exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. So just just so we can read it. So I'm going to read it verbatim for you. It says PlayStation exclusive. Play it first on PlayStation Four, and with an asterisk right underneath in very small print, it says timed exclusive until 4-10-2021. I'm just saying, though. So if if you had doubts as to this originally coming to the Xbox because it was announced for Xbox. There you go, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, Please continue. realistically, it seems like probably the Xbox gear that game is already like was probably either nearly finished or just completely finished. And they just decided not to put it out because of Sony's money. And I know that some people want to levy the argument because I see it all the time. And it's just the most ridiculous argument I've ever heard, which is, oh, oh, well, they, they didn't put it on Xbox because it doesn't sell on Xbox. And it's like, that's not true, first of all. Like, yes, it yeah. sells worse on Xbox than it yeah. sells on PlayStation because the fan base is on PlayStation because half the games are exclusive there. Um, but if you're coming out and you're being like, oh, well, Crisis Core only sold however much on Xbox, it's like, okay, first of all, and fight me in the comments on this one, uh, <laughs> Crisis Core is a bad remake of an already bad Final Fantasy game, so that wasn't going to sell well anywhere. Uh, and it's currently 25 bucks on every platform. If, if like, you well, it, it, the, the other thing, too, is Final Fantasy is not as big as try people try. It's only certain games. Final Fantasy 14 is more renowned globally than any other Final Fantasy game, unless you're talking about specific. Like, there's just certain things that just won't work because of how things have been traditionally, man. Like, yeah. um, and nobody's going to fight, and they're going to traditionally continue not to sell as well in the West, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't be made available, especially when platforms, the difference before were platforms were doing things differently, right? Uh, Sony had the way that they were making games, and Nintendo's making games this way, Xbox was making games this way. Microsoft and PlayStation are in the same conversation because they make the same type or similar style um, of how they develop games is, is, is almost the same. So there shouldn't be any difference or there shouldn't be an excuse of, oh, well, my technology is different. Oh, the cracking is so much different from velocity. <laughs> so that's why it can't, there is none of that. It's all by 86. So it should be available. The excuse is, hey, you bent over for the money. You say you've already cut deals. That's This is years of relationships. This nothing beyond that. Because if it was only money-driven, there is nothing financially, especially in the digital era. You're not producing anything. You're not sending it to shelves. In the digital era, there's no excuse for you to have exclusives like that anymore. Other than to identify what your console, what your platform is. Mm -hmm. Other than that, but that's why Xbox is also doing things differently. Because it's proving that, yes, you can have exclusives, but if I put your game, MLB The Show, in Game Pass, you're going to get more engagement and more people to spend money in your ecosystem than you did previously. It's hey, hey Steel Rain, every- here's something that's interesting. I, I bet people didn't know this. Did you know that when uh, MLB The Show uh, launched on Xbox Game Pass, it actually sold more. Folks, not played more. It mm-hmm. sold more copies on Xbox than it did on PlayStation by a half a million. I, I'm just saying that take the numbers and, and just and think about that for a second. It sold better on Xbox than it did as a PlayStation exclusive. With less players. With less players. A lot less players. I'm just saying. It literally just, doubled. It made them go from like two to four million 
like that. Yeah. So, yeah, well, they had this entire second platform, so it's not like it's not crazy. It's just like normal business, and, and it's this thing like people always want to bring that up, where it's like, oh, well, it doesn't sell as well on Xbox as it sells on PlayStation. It's like, okay, well, first of all, you have to start putting your games out on a platform to build up a fan base of people who will on a regular too. That's the inconsistency that of that series is incredible. Like, why right, would yeah. I back it up if I don't know if the next three are coming? Like, you yeah, get this one, and then this one, and then this one. Like as a fan, like I'm not going to buy into your series if I might get two or three games that skip before I get the next one. Like it's insane. Why would you why would you yeah. support that? Well, but even then, right, like it, it, the saying that it doesn't sell well on one platform and so they shouldn't bother to put it there. Like that's just fanboy rhetoric. Right. Because it's it's this thing like even if it only even if Crisis Core's you know, Xbox sales only account for like 5% of its overall sales numbers, right? Square Enix is not going to be like, oh, well, we can just lose 5% of our sales. We don't need that. Because it's it's money. Like, it's money on the yep. table. Like, why? Like they're not going to throw that away. Like, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make any sense. And they're talking about how, like, you know, you talk about Square Enix in particular, and it's like, okay, well, this is a group who consistently is saying, oh, our games are underperforming, and so we have to sell off these these things, whatever, you know, and and then it's like, they came out, I think, a while after that, and we're like, oh, well, we can't just make Japanese-style games. We have to make style, uh, styles of games that appeal to the West. And it's like, okay, first of all, you need to make up your mind because you just sold off all your Western developers. Uh, and secondly, it's like, well, hey, if you want to appeal to uh, a Western audience, maybe release your games on a Western platform. Like maybe that would help a little bit. Just like um, just I got, like I got a, I got a question to the panel. This is a good question, though. Do you think by Square Enix just putting these games as exclusive to Sony, it's affecting its financial um, situation? A thousand percent. That's yeah. why they can't afford yeah, to make AAA games. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, it really. All jokes aside, Lou, it's a great question. Uh, they, you know, remember a couple of about what was it about? Maybe about uh, six weeks ago, they had put out. Uh, they were interviewed. And they were like, yeah, we're going to be making some different types of investments and, and looking for you know, specific publishers to, to fund games because we can't uh, afford to uh, put out uh, these big AAA uh, expensive uh, games. And you, you, I mean, listen, folks, I, I have never claimed to be a financial guru. Otherwise, I'd be a millionaire. I, I don't have a marketing degree. I'm just a podcaster. But I think that when you take a, uh, you know, you, you, you take a game, and you put it out on one platform and there are two other uh, platforms and, and three, if you count PC out there and you forget that those exist, you're not going to sell a lot of a niche title like final fantasy. And then of course you're never going to hit, you know, hit your uh, you know, internal sales numbers. And, and, and as we know with square Enix, even after selling 11 million copies of the rebooted tomb Raider, it didn't hit their own financial goals. So they have been uh, mismanaging their money for decades, folks. This is this isn't this isn't new. And you know what? Square Enix it, uh, are probably the reason why they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Also, do you guys think that this is a way for PlayStation just to acquire the studio? Because if, if Square Enix goes yep. way down, right? And it keeps on going down financially. So this is a way for PlayStation to acquire Square Enix in a cheaper price, like how they bought um, Insomniac and what was it? Blue yes. Blue? Yeah. 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 Well, that's possible. I mean, they, and they got rid of their I Western. I think so. They, they, I mean, they I got, the, Square uh, is like doing every move you can possibly think. It's yeah. it's so odd. It's like they want to go out of business or they're cutting all the fat 
which I don't feel was fat, so they could be acquired. It's super odd. I think the reason why they... Planet Earth. I will say this, uh, Daniel. I'll let you jump in here. I think the reason why they have not officially been acquired is because Sony is trying to uh, block this and get this deal for ABK Block. So how does it look if they're complaining about the ABK deal and they're buying a Japanese company with some of the biggest... Uh, you know, industry changing our JRPGs on the planet, according to some. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think at this point, with the way that Sony's been behaving about uh, Xbox buying Act- like Activision, I don't know that they have a leg to stand on to turn around and then go and buy a publisher. Like, I, I, it would be so easy to just turn all of their arguments directly around and be like, oh, and also they're already the market leaders and they have, you know, if you want to do what, you know, the FTC is doing and cut Nintendo out of the games industry for yeah. some dumb reason, uh, they have 70% of it. And it's like, okay, well, do you really want them to also buy one of the biggest like names in video games? I mean, granted, they've been kind of like, you know, eating dirt for the last 10 years, but, you know, it's still, it's still a thing. Like it'd be such an easy argument to make. Um, so I don't know that they necessarily can talk out of both sides of their mouth on that one. Maybe they'll try. Um, could, but I, I, I don't know. I, at this point, I don't even know if they're capable of buying Square Enix or if they would want to. Square Enix is like so far in I the think dirt they will. at this point. Because they will. Not now. Yeah. But I think they now. will. They will. Yeah. yeah because here's what I noticed though. And I've been playing um, Final Fantasy for longest of time, but even though in this generation I still see the same game that I've been playing since the 360 era. I don't feel like it's it's done a change. So I think that Square Enix is a little bit behind of the new technology. Yeah. And they're looking for partners, they're looking for help, you know, like PlayStation for them to buy them out and say, hey, come buy me so you can invest into me so I can make these games look way better than they are before. Because seriously, I see a Square Enix game. I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't yeah. Very, like very, it. very, very 360-esque for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's but yeah, so just to like in conclusion, right? The so the Final Fantasy games, it's like okay, them being exclusive, I understand why Square Enix wants to do it because it's like, hey, we we just need like guaranteed any money. money. We're failing and dumping all of our money into NFTs and just making poor decision after poor decision. So, like, I understand why they're doing it. I don't understand any of the arguments that people are making as to why it's a good thing, like, yeah. I agree. Like, right. Oh, it, like like I said, like the people who are like, oh, it doesn't sell on Xbox. Like it sells well enough to be worth the money. Uh, or the people who are like, oh, well, they don't want to make a skew for the Xbox. And it's like the Xbox is basically a PC and it plays on PC. Uh, so they could pretty much just take one of those skews and drag it over to the Xbox and it would run. <laughs> it wouldn't be optimized, but it would run. Right. Uh, and so they could do that. And if you look at Crisis Core, that I mean, they weren't optimizing that anyway. So, I mean, it hasn't stopped them in the past. Why should it stop them now? Uh, and then it's just like it's this just it's just this mess. And and the other one that I didn't talk about yet, the Silent Hill remake, that one I think speaks to a trend in in Sony's like exclusive buying, where they're trying to like buy up all this nostalgia. Like you look at pretty much all of the major uh, remakes of the yep. last little while, with the exception of Resident Evil. And they've got their fingers in there, right? They're they're in they're in Kotor, they're in uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which I mean, granted they. <laughs> the first one was also a playstation exclusive so like whatever um they've got silent hill they've got like they're in all of these things like if you see a new remake of a game being announced chances are at this point that it's a playstation exclusive and it makes it get to the point where yeah. it's like it feels like they're afraid of new things because like we're getting to a point where it's like like what are the games that we're looking forward to for playstation i know there's not many but 
For me, the, it's Spider-Man Two, obviously. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man right. For me but it's like Spider-Man Two, which is actually like Spider-Man Three. Uh, we're looking forward to Wolverine, which is an existing uh, IP, right? Like they're just like they're afraid of start of like trying new things. It feels like to the point where it even seems like they're changing the the like direction of their <laughs> their uh, entire business plan, where it's like. Right now, and I tweeted this out a while ago. Right now, there are more TV shows and movies based on their first party properties. I saw that tweet. I, I favored it by that the way. That was a good tweet. And there are first tweet. party games announced. Yep. And it's yeah, like, I, I understand that they're probably going to have a showcase next year at some point where they'll announce a ton of games because, frankly, they have to. Uh, and you know what? That showcase will probably slap. Like, it's going to be outstanding. They're going to show like a new Naughty Dog game or a new Gorilla game. And it's going to be yeah. great. Like, we're all going to yeah. be excited for those games. But at the moment, it's like y'all have like 15 shows and movies announced that are in the works or at least rumored to be in the works. And you have three first party games four if you are generous enough to count uh, factions. Right. Uh, and it's just, it's wild to me where it's like, like the choices that they're making, it almost feels like they're not even to benefit PlayStation. They're just exclusively to like hurt the other groups like Nintendo and Xbox and even Dang. PC to an extent they, where it's they, like, them making all of these remakes exclusive it's like you're just spending money on nostalgia like a lot of these remakes that come out aren't even particularly great people buy them because it's like oh well, i remember that other one but i don't know it's just it's such a strange business plan for me for them to be like well we already know that silent hill makes money and so we're gonna make it we're gonna buy exclusivity for the remake of silent hill even though it's being made by a studio that we don't like because they've made xbox exclusive games that didn't perform particularly well but we're gonna buy this because the name will sell they don't really seem Bingo. to care if the game is gonna be good they just know that the name behind yeah. it will sell yeah, yeah but but, but they did not they did announce it at the beginning though they said they were gonna put blockbuster hits there so yeah yeah i mean i don't know if silent hill is gonna end up being that like i mean i don't dislike bloober team as much as a lot of people seem to especially playstation fanboys up until the point where silent hill remake was announced uh they don't <laughs> i love it that's um, good, it's, good. It, it's it's just i don't know that bloober team is necessarily in that like blockbuster category i don't know that they mm. can really pull that no. one out um, and also a- i don't know necessarily that silent hill 2 really lends itself to that silent hill 2 is yeah. a very like confined and it's a great game i love that game it's a very confined like you're you're not supposed to separate yourself from the character in the way that i feel like those blockbuster more cinematic games would do you know you want to be very much in the moment in the character in the game you want to like project yourself into there because otherwise it's not scary it's not scary to watch somebody else do things that are scary it's scary to you be in the you as a player yeah absolutely Uh, so i don't know necessarily lends itself to that but it's just I don't know. It's very strange to me. The pretty much every business decision that PlayStation has been making lately, I look at it. And I'm like, I mean, sure, but why? <laughs> yeah, no. It, 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 listen, we 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 understand why. Uh, Sony wants to continue to do these these the, the you know uh, this paint by numbers, a way of doing business. And I I you know for, for the fanboys, it works. For 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 actual uh, for for reality for financial reality. It doesn't work. They have to change their ways. Uh, listen, I, I do want to bring in Crazy Lou, but I, Crazy Lou, before I, I have three super chats, I want to get to Dan Lazaro, good friend of the program, just a very generous five dollar super chat, and says the gamers who support PlayStation, but by buying those games, are just as hypocritical as Sony. Stop supporting bad business practices 
or stop complaining. Now, I, I to some extent, no. I agree. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Uh, I have been a multi, uh, multi-console multi gamer since it was Nintendo does what, what, what Sega don't or, or Sega does what Nintendo don't. Like, I, I have always owned all consoles. Now, understand, my pops was blue-collar dude, so I worked for these consoles. Even as a kid, I delivered penny savers or the daily news of the post. So I, I had to have all the consoles. So my preferred console back in the days was Genesis, right? Like I, I was a Genesis kid. I loved Nintendo because I had Nintendo first uh, and it moved back and forth. Like Super Nintendo came out, that became my platform of choice, uh, you know, versus, you know, uh, you know Sony's, I mean, um, Sega's next console. Uh, then I I moved over. I got a PlayStation, enjoyed that, but I, I thought Dreamcast was better. So I, I always supported both consoles, and I really do dig Silent Hill too. It's 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 the pinnacle version, or uh, uh, it's it's the pinnacle title in the series. So am I disappointed, folks, that I can't play it on on Xbox? Yeah, kinda. I I'd, I'd rather play it on Xbox, but I. I understand what you're saying, Dan, and 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 I and I appreciate the, the the generosity, but I think that we complaining as opposed to having a conversation is a little different. Like I'm gonna buy it because I really do like Bluebird Team and I like Silent Hill too, so I want to be a part of the conversation. It's one of my favorites in the series. Uh, now I'm not buying Final Fantasy 16. Uh, when Final Fantasy 7 Part Two comes out, I'm gonna buy that because well i eventually want to finish final fantasy 7 but i still think that there is something to be said about the way and again this isn't really so much about the games i think that the conversation that we're having here and we're going to continue with crazy lou is sony is portraying themselves as the industry victim here uh and we see constantly that they're doing these things behind the scenes where they are the villain, folks. They are the 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 villain behind the scenes pulling the strings. You know, they 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 charge for upgrades, for visual upgrades. They're charging uh, corporations for crossplay. They're charging all of this extra money when the others aren't doing it, and they are keeping these games uh, behind closed doors or behind these deals when they're they they have been told that they're going to have Call of Duty for a decade and they were even offered it into their streaming service. So I, I think the way that Sony is, is portraying themselves as this victim is gross. And I think that's the conversation here. But Sith Lord, good friend of the program, just a very generous $2 super chat and says, Square is missing out on taking my money, their loss. And well, there you go. Uh, and Hargeet Chani, what's up, Hargeet? How's everything? Newest member to Primetime Gaming. He'll be with us tomorrow night. Uh, he says, Square took these deals because they are having financial issues. They need partners to help fund their games. It's why they shed Western Studios uh, for pennies. Microsoft should target them uh, next to buy. Holy crap. That would be something. That would be a... That'd be something if they stepped in and said, "Hey, we want you, and you, you know, we want to buy you and put Sony on the outs." That would be, that'd be a story. But uh, Crazy Lou Gaming, uh, the the report or the article that I pulled from Windows Central was, of course, written by the great Jez Corden, and he says in his title here, "Microsoft confirms that Sony has blocked uh, these four games from hitting Xbox forever." And according to Jez Corden and the story, Silent Hill 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and more are apparently being held hostage 
by Sony. What are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, I'll tell you something, though. All this console war stuff has been going on for a long time because I remember I watched a documentary called Console Wars. Yes. And I remember listening to what happened between Nintendo and Sega. And I remember Nintendo has the lead market. You know, they were saying, hey, you know, if if they were telling third-party developers, they were telling them straightforward, if you put this game on Sega, you're not going to have your game on Nintendo. So they were literally being the bully. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is that Sony pretty much has grabbed the same strategy and is doing the same thing. I mean, Sony pretty much has a lot of stuff under control. And so after you saying what just Gordon wrote down, I mean, literally, I agree with something with Game Pass that he said. And Microsoft just say, hey, I'm done with playing nice. Let me grab my, my boxing gloves and let's get into it. Let's get into this. Let me go ahead and get these games come out in Game Pass. Let's get, like, for example, Grand Theft Auto 6. Let's, br- uh, let's bring it to Game Pass for five years. How much is going to cost me? Let me put my money down there. You know, just to get users to buy an Xbox. You're like, hey, man, let me get an Xbox just to play Grand, Grand Theft Auto on Game Pass. Or, I don't know, get the, get Game Pass on PC to play Grand Theft Auto 6. But, yeah, Microsoft should right now be more aggressive than Sony. It has to be. They have to stop playing nice with these guys. If they don't do that, Sony's just going to keep on going. They're going to keep on grabbing all these um, all these um, blockbuster titles. Like, for example, Silent Hill 2, they're going to grab it and be like, hey, let's put it on PlayStation. Uh, just exclusive for, like, supposedly for how, how much is it? A oh, no, it's permanent. It's, according to the report, it's permanently oh, an exclusive. Oh, now, now it's going to put it permanently? Okay, permanent exclusive and stuff like that. Yeah. Microsoft just start being more aggressive and doing the same thing. And put their titles or either permanent or put it on Game Pass or I don't know. They gotta do that right now. They gotta get all these third party titles. Say, hey, let me get the cool ones, the big ones, and just put them right here on our console and say, to hell with you, Sony. Let's compete. That's something they gotta do. Seriously, they, they need to stop playing nice. They need to stop playing nice. It's tiring that each and every single day you see this game coming out and it says, oh, it's gonna be exclusive to PlayStation. Microsoft, why don't you doing the same thing? Get your gloves on. Get your gloves on. Seriously, it's time for them to do it. And also, um, on the whole Bluebird team, the Silent Hill thing, eh, I played Medium, I played Blair Witch, and I remember when I, I was hyped up with the Blair Witch <laughs> game, I was like, man, this got to be pretty cool. I saw the trailer, I was like, this has got to be scary. I played it, wasn't scary at all. Um, the Medium, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't beat it, but I don't know if it's that good of a game, but yeah. I just didn't get the, the scare factor. Like, I was, like, got to feel it. So I'm kind of curious about this whole Silent Hill game. And how is it going to be? Is it going to have the scare factor that Silent Hill usually had, that psychological horror stuff? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Because really, Bluebird, um, what is it? Um, Blue, what's the name? Um, it's Bluebird ah, Team. Yeah, Bluebird Team. Bluebird Team? Yeah. Team? Ah, they just don't know how to bring that scare factor out. Uh, I mean, they, they. I mean, they did layers of fear one and two, which were really good, and did layers have of that. fear are good. Yeah, the, the, yeah but, those but, those are those are some scary. Uh, they, those, I'm scary. I mean, are they are they terrifying? Creepy. No, but they they there's a creep factor to them that they oh, do yeah. very well. Uh, it didn't seem for me, at least, it didn't hit in the medium. Uh, Blair Witch did have some elements of it, but ultimately, I never finished that game. Um, what I'm hoping for, folks, uh, for the Silent Hill 2 remake is a couple of things. One, the blueprint is there. So it's a remake. They're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, I think it is going to be uh, very similar to what we saw with Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake. They didn't change much. And 3, they kind of did. They, they cut too much out. And that's why it wasn't as critically uh, acclaimed as it uh, as 2 was. But 
I think they're going to follow the blueprints. Uh, and they do have several of the team from Konami uh, working on that game with them. Uh, a, com- a couple of the original producers of Silent Hill 2 that are really taking a big uh, you know, chunk of, uh, of development, uh, you know, uh, prowess for that game. So hopefully it does in fact come out good. I don't want to see the game fail because it's on PlayStation. See, I, I, that, that, that's, I don't want to do that's ridiculous. Uh, if you, if you want, if, if some people want to feel that way, you're entitled to how you feel. I don't want a game or a team to fail because it's on X console. I, I just don't think like that. Maybe I'm wrong for that, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I agree with you there, Boom. I don't want nobody to fail because at the end of the day, these these companies are the ones that are making games for us, you know? Yes, indeed. So, well, yeah, why absolutely. Would I want to fail? Hell no. Yeah. Now, real quick, uh, you know, I, I do we do have one topic I want to get into. Uh this one, this one is gonna be very subjective because there's a lot of people that love the dual sense, and there are a lot of people that don't like the dual sense. And folks, we have some schematics that have made their ways. Uh, made their way to the internets, as the, as the kids are calling it, or the, the airwaves. And uh, it looks, it appears that Microsoft is currently developing a new Xbox Series X controller in the form of uh, something that's going to have haptic triggers, which is something I really like about the DualSense. It's also going to have a, a touchpad or a screen on top. Uh, which I don't know about the screen thing. The touchpad seems pretty cool because Sony has that, and it does work well for certain games. Again, there's a lot of people that are going to say, oh, it's very gimmicky. I don't like it. The battery life on the DualSense is not good, folks. Uh, no, and, it's, and, and it's 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 quite terrible. As a matter of fact, usually uh, for me, when I'm playing my, my, my PS5, I actually have the DualSense plugged in to the wall. I have the the, U, the USB uh, ports on the wall. I plug it in USB-C, so I'm not wasting my battery because the battery life is awful. And that's why I didn't get their, uh, their Elite version because their Elite, apparently the battery life is even worse on their $200 Elite than it is on their $70 uh, DualSense, which is not good. Uh, but Drawn TJ drops a very generous five-hour super chat and says, Hi, everyone. Square Enix just needs to be bought. I hope Sony turns into Sega. <laughs> everyone hit the like button. You know, they, King David has been banging that drum for quite some time. He thinks that they are the next ones up to be the next Sega and that you'll be playing God of War, whatever, on everywhere but a PlayStation. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Drawn TJ drops a very generous $2 super chat and says, Lou, they won't do it until after the deal is over. Yeah, whether regardless of where the deal goes, you're going to see Sony make moves as soon as, as soon as they're out of the crosshairs of the FTC. But I said this before. I said Sony is kind of painting themselves into a corner here, folks, because they are bringing a magnifying glass to the industry. And that means them as well. So when they do these deals, remember... Their $3.6 billion deal for Bungie went through as quickly as I tie my shoelaces. It's quite shocking that it went through with literally no fight whatsoever or no, no concerns. Everyone passed it. It was like, yeah, Sony, it's okay. Let them do what they want. Jim Ryan, I'll take my PlayStation 5 now. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's ridiculous. But uh, let, let's get into it. Uh, you know what? Let me bring in Steel Rain. Steel, listen, obviously you play yeah. uh, games on all consoles. Um, yeah. Does yeah. does the Xbox need its own haptic triggers, you know, as, a, as, a, as something new to come? Because I think the Xbox... Uh, controllers are perfect. Like I play on an elite. Mm-hmm. I play. I have. I have all the elites. Yeah, I have too. plenty of the ones. I have the Halo 
Elite 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this new controller is going to incorporate these features into an Elite 3 or if this is going to become the standard fare because there's a lot of people that don't like the haptic trigger. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. wondering if it's a detriment to the uh, Microsoft to potentially change what a lot of people like about the, you know, the current controllers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is going to be an elite version of sorts or, or, or maybe even like a third tier of controller that if you want these haptic triggers, you spend a uh, hundred bucks mm-hmm. rather than the 60. Do you think that there's a market here and now for uh this uh this type of controller for xbox um there's a market there's definitely a market for everything but um i think it's unneeded and uh and i personally don't want it uh what i do want is a touchpad on the controller potentially um i think that would be a unique change um or an addition if they figure out a way to make that more intuitive um but other than that as far as haptics and everything else the, the current rumble system that they have and again I've I've played with the PlayStation Five controller for about thirty hours, um, give or take, uh, on my cousin's console. And for me, I think haptics overrated. Um, I think okay. it's completely unnecessary. But I'm also somebody I can be very straightforward and tell you I typically don't use vibration in many games anyway. Um, it just takes out the it takes away from the experience unless I'm playing like a racing game, for an example. Um, and Gran Turismo is all right for that, but even then, I still feel like it's not where I wanted to be, especially for pieces that are made out of plastic. Um, we currently have that problem in the elite version two also. Um, and PlayStation has still and has some of those same issues, uh, whether it be stick drift or whether it be bumpers breaking. There's just certain things that we shouldn't be dealing with when you pay uh 70 plus dollars for a controller now you know we talk about the price of games we talk about the price of controllers continuously going up um and we're still not getting it's like and again everybody's gonna have their own kind of wear and tear and everything but um it's it, these are known problems that need to be fixed along with playstation having the battery life issue right um instead of haptics why didn't you make sure that there was a uh, a more uh, a battery in there or not listen to your consumer base who thinks that having using batteries or the option of rechargeable batteries is asinine or it's the something the poor man does which i never get and would never make sense of but giving other options that would actually benefit the gamer right um instead of benefiting their pockets right because just like everything else wash machines fridges it doesn't matter what you get things aren't made the way that they used to be um you could definitely see that after the xbox 360 controller where xbox's controllers have mm-hmm. kind of like, like the controllers are better ergonomically and they do have the best controllers on the market but guys these plastic pieces and your bumpers breaking mid-session or and again i'm not talking about if you're throwing your controller across the floor and throwing it at the wall <laughs> hey to hey that's you then you gotta admit that but no i'm just talking about normal wear and tear uh we're still having these similar issues uh, so i don't i don't want to see that i want to see these companies focus in on what matters and giving us a better product I mean, uh, listen, how, you can't argue how, that. How yeah. many hours? How many hours did the 360 controller last? It was, I think it was 30,000 hours for it to break. That was insane. I mean, you can literally. Huh. The- <laughs> I went through 11, but sure. You went through 11, really? Oh. Yeah. It was crazy. the worst generation ever for me. I went stick drift within two months with almost every single one I bought. Oh, uh, wow. That's nonstop. With, with the 360 controller? 
Yep. Oh my god! No way! Yep. I mean, oh, wow. this I, for I, some I went reason through, I, now I think I went through 11, is much better uh, for me. Well, you know what? I went through as many 360s with Red Ring, red ring of Deaths <laughs> as you went through controllers, but uh, Microsoft's still here. Listen, Did you guys uh, like uh, upset some witches or something? Did you, I don't know. Do your fortune told by? <laughs> you will break many of a controller in your future. I know I press <laughs> wow. hard, so it's probably my fault, but I'm not a scientist, but it sounds like a curse. <laughs> I think we got one of them there curses going no, on. No, no. That, that the curse of the broken control and stick drift. Uh yeah, no, know, I can't yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Retri, let, let, let's get your opinion on this, brother. D, d, I mean, listen, you know, we always hear options are uh, options are good, right? Options yeah. are great. Allowing you for regardless of whatever the uh your your, your that options good in everything. Even game, you know, outside of gaming, right? Options are great. You know, you don't like a uh, steak made at this place, you go somewhere else to get the steak. You uh, you don't like the way a car drives for this particular brand. You go out and you buy a different car that, that drives the way you want it to drive. So obviously, uh, a choice is good. Is there a market uh, for uh, uh, an Xbox uh, One uh, and Xbox One, an Xbox Series X controller that offers a player that wants it haptic triggers? Uh, maybe. Uh, I do love the haptics on the PlayStation. If you play Astro's Playroom, that's ah, yeah, the game yes. to prove to you if you're going to like haptics or not. And I was instantly sold on haptics yeah, when I played that. I, I was like, Daniel. whoa. I was like, yeah, this is why I don't want it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you play a lot of shooters, though, right? So, yeah. So. I shut it off too every time I play a shooter. That's mm -hmm. just going to screw up your aiming. Um, but you can also turn the haptics off, which kind of alleviates the whole battery issue. Right. But battery will definitely be an issue in this. But developers have to develop for that right. implementation for Indeed. it in the first place. And I'm not seeing it done on a regular on playstation it's not good enough like when i played astros i was like holy f like is yeah. this what they're all going to be like and they weren't not not even close so it's kind of gimmicky if you're not going to use it if you're not going to develop for it i do like it though but i'm more interested in the lcd screen yeah. because it's made for pairing if 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 you actually look at the skew it looks like it's made to switch between console and mobile. And this kind of feels like a future controller for the mobile market yeah. where you can easily switch and the LCD screen will tell you you're on console, hit a button, it goes to mobile. It drives, my, it drives me nuts to the point I'm gonna just buy another controller just for my mobile because switching between them is such, such a headache that I think there might be a market for that my issue, it, when I looked at the schematics for it, it looks like the share button is gone. If you look yeah, at it, yeah, it ain't it, there. It, it, it's not so, there. It, it's, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. If, if you've ever gotten used to, like, I, I have, I have, like, I think 23, 24 controllers. I go all the way back to the Xbox One. Like, I have the Titanfall controller. I don't use it, right? But every now and again, I like to pick it up and I like to use it. But you, it's missing the share button, which I hate not having yep. the share button. I literally, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is like, once you terrible. get it, 
you can't yeah. live without it. You 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 can't unsee it as as the kids. Right. Say. Yeah. And I noticed that button was gone, and I was like, oh, I hope that's going to be something in the LCD built-in functionality-wise that'll bring back the share button, unless you map it to another button. Which, which I, I I don't want to do. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that either. either. Um, but I think there's a market for this, and uh, I would probably buy it if it wasn't like. If it was like a hundred bucks, I'd probably buy it. I'd I, 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 I drop it for a hundred bucks. Yeah, I would. That's I pushing it. Would. Yeah, anything yeah. more than that, I think would be be an issue. Yep, I agree. Yeah, but I'm 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 okay with the haptics. I think I think it's fun in certain games, and then I play shooters, and it turns yeah. right off. So yeah. Well, I, I'll say this uh, in regards to uh, Astro's Playroom. Uh, it was one of my favorite games of the year that it came out. Um, I platinum that game. Uh, I don't platinum many games. I have like eight, eight, eight platinums, I think in total. And that's one of them. And I absolutely loved it. I, I thought that that was a, so well represented and not just for the haptic triggers, the way the, play, the way PlayStation celebrated its history with all mm-hmm. the things that I thought was, it was, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant pack in game for the PlayStation five. Uh, and I hope they do a second one. Cause if I do a second one. I will play yeah. it and platinum it again because I absolutely adored the character things that you had to do was it was just it was phenomenal but uh daniel mcgee let's get your opinion on this brother haptic triggers lcd screen potentially making you know like what, what retry was saying moving from console to potential mobile is there a market on xbox for a third you know a, you know controller in the you know standard elite and now this potential a uh, controller uh i think yes and no i so i think if you gave people that option to buy it, I think it would be generally a good thing. Um, But I think if you want to solve probably the biggest problem with all of those gimmicks, uh, it would have to become just the base controller because the problem is that a lot of those features are just not used at all, right? And if if we're still living in a situation where like the majority of people are still using a standard Xbox controller, then probably most people aren't going to bother you know, adding all these haptics or doing all the adaptive trigger stuff. Like, uh, so I just don't know that it would necessarily be used unless it was like, Hey, this is the new controller for the, I don't know, the mid generation update or whatever. Right. Uh, and I don't mean by, by players, I mean by developers. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I know that some people really like the, the gimmicks of the dual sense controller. I, uh, I hate that. I hate that thing. I really yeah. do. Yeah, no, it's, okay. <laughs> really it's, unst- yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, it's, a lot of people don't like it. It's this thing. It's oh, how how shall I count the ways in which I loathe the Dual Sense controller? Um, I, like okay, so I know they weren't talking about adding like the microphone and speaker, or I don't think they were, which is good because those are awful. Uh, I think if you play any multiplayer game on your PlayStation and you hear people using the the control the mic in the controller to talk to you, uh, no. you know that it's a nightmare scenario. Uh, Especially when they're swearing or they're saying other things that yeah. they shouldn't or be saying. Yeah, I hear this. Or you can hear. Ma, shut up! I'm playing a game. Like in the Ma, background. The no one's Ma. <laughs> uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And and when it speaks back to you also when you're like playing a game, because I, I play most of my games with a headset on. And when I was playing Death Stranding, I was uh, still living at home. And uh, the baby cries through the controller. I didn't know that. Uh, and my mom came in and was like, is there a baby crying in here? And I was like, no, no. 
no. Yeah. And I took the headset off and it's crying straight out of the controller. I was like, oh, oh, this has to stop. <laughs> this is a mess. Uh, it, I don't, so I don't care for it. The, the touchpad, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it could be good, but it's never been good. And in most cases, it ends up just being a really big, you know, select button or like a back button, right? Um, it's just the biggest button possible to open your map. Uh, and that's just what it is in 99% of all video games. Uh, so I don't necessarily know that we need that. The the haptics, I think, you know, I think that that's probably the direction that we're going. We're probably like, I think that's just going to be like the new thing. I, I don't know if it'll happen now or if it'll be the next generation of consoles or what. I do think that that's going to end up in an Xbox controller at some point. Even I would have said that even before this, you know, blueprint or whatever it is leaked. Um, but man, it's, I think that if, if it was done well and sparingly, that those haptics could be really good. Um, I think in Astro's, Astro's Playroom, it made me want to die. Um, I also think that <laughs> pretty much that entire game made me want to die. Because <laughs> like it was just like, hey, here's all the gimmicks. Blow into your controller. Shake your controller around. What, all right, oh, the blowing in the controller one, I'm now with you on dead. that one. <laughs> that just felt uh, weird. <laughs> the one where you're like a little spring man, and you got to like throw your controller to throw the thing. And we're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? This isn't why I'm here. Uh, or the haptics that were so overly powerful when you were walking around that by the time I was done playing that game, my hands were like tingling. And I was like, oh, this is not a positive thing. Could really do without this. Feels like my hands are going to fall off. Really hate every second of this. Um, and it's like... <laughs> I lost my hands. I lost my hands. I can't feel them. I don't know what's going on. I'm just over here with ghost hands. Uh, I don't... I don't know. I really, really hate that. In Astro's Playroom, like, I don't know. It's a good pack-in game for like people who are really into PlayStation. I found found the uh, here's all these references to the other PlayStation games. I found that really masturbatory in a way that I didn't particularly care for. <laughs> That's the whole point of the game. <laughs> oh no, I understand. I just you know if I want to watch uh, PlayStation beat off, I just go listen to Jim Ryan talk at any point. And it's you know I played it and I got the platinum in it, so like I am the problem. So I understand that. But but it's I don't know was there a platinum in that I definitely got all the achievements. Oh no, there's, there's yeah. definitely what do you mean in, in Astro Plays room? It's, yeah, there's yeah, platinum for sure, room. absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Pretty sure I don't even I think I got the platinum. If there was one in that, I got it because that's my addiction, my strange addiction. Some people eat concrete, some people get platinums. Um. So yeah, okay. So in conclusion, yeah, I think that. <laughs> I think that some of these gimmicks will probably find their way into an Xbox controller and a lot of people would be uh, really happy with them. And I think that I'll just turn them off because <laughs> I don't, the haptics, I think the haptics, I think could be really good, but so far in my experience, it's either this thing where I either hate them because they're super, super noticeable and really annoying, like in Astros, or it's like in pretty much every other game where I'll hear a reviewer be like, you can feel the web shoot from Miles Morales. And I'm like, yes. playing the game, and I'm like, I don't feel that. Is it I because my hands are still numb from Astros? <laughs> like, <laughs> just not feel or they'll be like, in, in uh, Demon Souls, you can feel it when you when you cast the when you cast the spell. It, like, you know, it builds up down to the bottom, and then you feel it shoot off. And I'm like, I'm playing this game, and I'm like, using spells specifically to feel it, and I'm not feeling nothing. I don't know, maybe I'm dead inside, but it's just oh, it didn't do man. nothing for me. That is hilarious. Uh, me and Daniel could not be like further apart. On this one. I'm like, I love, I love the haptics. I love Astro. He's like, I effing I hated really all idea. of what you I just think, said. I wanted to. Die. Hey, listen, really shout, 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 shout out to uh, the slanderous one, Gaz, who says Jim Ryan for president. Yeah, I think you're onto something, there, brother. Go for it, dude. 
absolutely. I, I think it's a really good idea on paper. I think that you know doing haptics and and once I think once that technology is more widely used and and you know better experienced, I think that we'll get to a point where it's a really great immersive thing. I think right now it just feels like I'm hooking my hands up to a car battery. <laughs> You know, look, look, honestly, there's there is a possibility that haptics will go the way of something like three. Uh, remember, three D TVs, like that was the big yeah. thing, where the the glasses and and and, yeah. and and it came and it went and it, and and it died off. No one really cared. Uh, Sony, listen, we got to call we got to call spade a spade, folks. They are notorious for starting and stopping things and not telling their consumers. Uh, PlayStation VR one, which is why I'm not buying a PlayStation VR two because I had thirty games. That were completely useless uh, on the new technology. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to spend more on the uh, VR than it is on the console. They're just not getting my money this time around. It's fine. Uh, I, you know, VR is 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 niche anyway, and I'm sure Sony's going to do it good, and Sony yeah. will have one or two of their own games, and everything else is going to be, you know, shovelware because uh, that's what Sony does, and and that could very well, in fact, be the case with haptics. But I will say that if there is an Xbox controller that offers haptics and it's a little bit more so what they would consider a premium controller. I will definitely buy it and give it the old yeah. college effort for sure. Oh, I, I would too. To, to be clear, I would too. Cause I think that technology is going to grow to the point where I do enjoy it. I just think right now it's very hit and miss. It's in its infancy for sure. Yeah. yeah. It is definitely hit and miss. Mostly miss. Yeah. yeah. Mostly miss. Um, but it, you know, it, it's this thing where like, I would definitely have that controller and just like every so often when I heard people talking about like, oh, the haptics in this game are really good. I would turn it on. I'd be like, does this feel bad? And if it was, then it would just turn right back off. But eventually yeah. we would get to a point where I would probably be leaving it on more often than not. Yeah, possibly. Uh, shout out to you, uh, uh, Daniel McGee. Uh, Kay Asante <laughs> in the chat says, wow, did not know uh, McGee was so slanderous. I love it. In all it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> yeah, <it's Hello>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, you know what? Let, let's bring in Crazy Lou Gaming. Uh, Crazy Lou, let's get your final point and we'll get everyone out of here so they can enjoy the rest of their holiday week before the new year. And uh, just to give everyone a heads up, they, we, they, I am producing two additional shows. Uh, there is going to be a primetime gaming uh, tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. And then on Thursday, and the Thursday one I'm very excited about because we're doing our Double Barrel Gaming end-of-year gaming conversation. Uh, I have uh, at least uh, a half a dozen, maybe even 10 people rolling through to kind of give their... We're not doing a game of the year. We're just doing our uh, you know, top games or you know our favorite moments in gaming in 2022. It's going to be a very chill kind of hangout, end-of-year conversation uh, I'm going to see if uh, maybe, if, you know, Gaz is in the chat. Gaz, I'll reach out to you and DM. Maybe you can pop in for a minute or two and give us your, uh, you know, your, you know, your spiel. And uh, we'll see if we can get some other people to roll through. Uh, but uh, for you, Crazy Lou Gaming, like I said, you know, having options are great. Um, is is there room in the Xbox gaming community for some haptic triggers, potentially a touch screen or an LCD screen on a, on a, on a, on one of their uh, controllers. Hmm. I'll be honest with you with this, though. I wish it does come out, and I wish that they do make it, and I hope that... And I, all I know is it's going to be way better than the PS5 controller. Because, really, if they're going to make an Elite 3, which I'm hoping this is the new Elite 3, it's going to be freaking awesome. Because I know when Xbox grabs one of those controllers and they decide just to upgrade and make it as good, oh, man, I can't imagine how it's going to feel. Because with the PS5, when I grabbed it, I was like, man, this literally brings you into the game somehow. I don't know why, but it does like it makes you feel like you're a part of the game. You know, when I played Astro's Playroom, I had a lot of fun. 
when I played um what other game did I play with that? Hmm. I don't know. I played a couple more games on it, and and really it does feel great. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. So I can't imagine if Xbox just is working with this and make, making this new controller. It, it, I mean, seriously, I think it's just going to be way better than the PS5 controller. It's going to be freaking awesome. It's just going to be insane. So I cannot wait for them to just talk about it more and release more about it. So, yeah, let's cross our fingers and let's hope it's going to be a premium controller. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like I said, I, I, I like buying the premium stuff. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not getting the uh, the PlayStation, uh, you know, elite version because, uh, like I said, the reviews were that the battery was worse. And I can tell you that yeah. the battery in the current PlayStation 5 That's... controllers is not good. It's and, not, and not, that, not so bad. And, and that and be that, worse. Oh, and that is something that I complain about a lot about PlayStation. And everybody jumps into me like, no, why, why do you like batteries? Like putting in batteries. I'm like, hey. Xbox gives me the option to upgrade to a better battery on the controller. PlayStation doesn't, and it's something they have to do. And I keep complaining about that they should do that. Yeah, because I really, agree. I, I would love for for PlayStation to say, "Hey, we got a better battery that gives you thirty hours." Hell yeah, we'll go buy it right away instead of buying two controllers, three controllers. Like, oh, this one right now, let me throw it away and then we got the new one. No, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. No, I, I absolutely agree. Shout out to Dreadpool, who's in the chat. Good friend of this program. Panel member on Breakfast with Boom, which they will not be at Breakfast with Boom this week. I'm taking an extra day off to kind of swing into the new year and, and and just catch up with myself. And Mrs. Boom and I are going to take a little bit of a mini vacation, and we're back the following Monday. He drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, I want Halifax sensors to replace the cheap, shitty drick, stick drift thumbsticks. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> And that's how you end. That's how you end a podcast. Uh, let's get everyone out of here. Thank you so much, folks. We broke six hundred people plus in the live chat today. That is um, absolutely amazing. We are four hundred and ninety-two subscribers from twelve k. Hopefully, we can get that in the first month or two of 2023 that would be big for this small channel uh let's welcome in uh let's get everyone out of here and of course i want to say a big thank you to all the super chats there was a lot of them that came in obviously those are used to uh to fund our giveaways and we had a big one this december and we were very happy to do it but uh still rain sell your brand brother talk about where they can help you and mr pong soul cross the 1k threshold on your incredible saturday morning podcast known as living split screen well boom i want to start off with saying thank you for again just allowing me to come through the back door make a little sandwich to sit down with you guys um and <laughs> chop it up it was a beautiful episode again uh always enjoy when i can get together with y'all and uh, just talk about the industry man uh because i care about the entire industry not just what my personal preferences are um but with that being said um if you want more from me um you can find me easily um i still rain i the t is a seven um just type that into google makes it extremely easy for everybody um and also saturday mornings 9 a.m central 10 a.m eastern and 3 p.m uk time um i do have a non-console centric platform known as living splinch uh split screen excuse me uh we talk about everything going on with the gaming industry um again we take that rts approach pulling yourself out of the world looking at the darker crevices of the map uh pulling those resources together to build up uh our foundation and to potentially reach those three billion gamers uh that phil spencer always talks about so um we are on that road to 1k again if we can get there by the end of the year you guys will be able to get me to play callisto protocol um 
if not, hey, then it is what it is. We'll 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 make it a, a, another goal for next year. But um, with that, thank you again, Boom, for allowing uh, me to be here. You guys be safe um, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully, you have a happy New Year. Absolutely. Shout out to Iman Burns. Uh, he says that you did not read my chat. Boom. I I don't. Oh. Yeah, I didn't see it, brother. I just went to YouTube. And I pulled up all the super chats. I'm not sure if you mean just your regular chat. I mean, just th throw it in there again. Copy and paste, throw it in, and I'll be more than happy to read it. it if you drop the super chat, uh, it's not coming up in uh, YouTube. It didn't come up live on the, uh, you know, in, in yeah, the live stream it. either. So I, I I don't see it, and uh, I'll be more than happy to read it, brother. By all means, just uh, copy and paste it and put it into the into the chat right now. And before we get on out of here, I'd be more than happy to read it. But uh, Crazy Lou Gaming, look, dude, thanks so much for taking the time out of your you know, honeymoon, you just got married last Saturday. Congratulations on that. That is pretty freaking awesome. You look like one hell of a dapper uh, gentleman in your tux that you showed everyone. By all means, sell your brand. Talk about the Xbox International Podcast and where they can subscribe and reach out to you on social media. Man, boom. Thank you for having me on today. I mean, I was really great. I was like, man, I miss a little bit of podcasting. I, I need to <laughs> hop on and just say a couple things. You know, I've been kind of rusty because, hey, it's been like two weeks off. Oh, man, it's insane. But all this wedding and all this stuff, yeah, <laughs> you know, happy to be here with you guys. Thank you, boom, for having me again. It was a lot of fun. And where you can find me, you can find me at Crazy Louie Gaming on Twitter, where I say good morning and do all sorts of crazy stuff. You can also find me here. At noon, Monday mornings. Wait, that's not Monday mornings. Monday noon. My bad. Mondays at 12 o'clock noon with Mr. Boomstick, Mr. Web Dave, and Fuzzy Bobadilla, the Xbox Lunch Break Special. And also, you can find me on Wednesdays at the Xbox International Podcast at 7 p.m. ET with my brothers, Silent Cypher, Sour Blow, and the Mr. Big Boom talking about what's going on in the gaming news world. Oh, thank you, brother. It's great to have you here today. Great to have you a part of the uh, of the Xbox International Podcast. Of course, it's great to have you there uh, of the Xbox Lunch Break Special on Mondays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, but listen, dude, it's great. Uh, thanks. For, thanks for, again. Thanks for taking the time to pop in here during your honeymoon. We certainly appreciate the uh, the great opinions that you bring. Uh, uh, Retri, brother, sell your brand. Talk about xbox well you always talk about xbox but talk about xbox mm -hmm. game pass underscore daily uh you know you do a lot of work not only in the twitter community by giving us the updates for game pass but you do a lot of great work on your youtube channel sell your brand brother well i just want to say congrats to louie on uh get married brother that's awesome you look very happy like very happy. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so it's uh, Game Pass underscore daily on Twitter. You can look at the profile there. It'll send you to TikTok and YouTube as well. We're at Game Pass Daily there because I was able to snap that uh, name in those two places. And we create Xbox and Game Pass centric content Monday yeah. through Friday. Nice. Everything you could possibly want. Nice, brother. Nice. Well, listen, dude, you're, you're, you're a staple in the community, and we're happy to have you a part of this show each and every week. So thank you thank for you. the time, and hopefully uh, we can get people to funnel over to your YouTube channel and subscribe there as well. And last and no way least, Daniel McGee, best hair in the business or certainly on this podcast. Daniel, sell your brand, brother. Talk about the best place 
for long and short content on YouTube and to let people know where they can check out your rewrite of the DCEU, which a lot of people really dug. And where can people reach out to you on social media? Thank you. Yeah, I think at some point, uh, if I if I start uh, making it big in in this industry, I think James Gunn fight. is calling, brother. He, James I think I'm Gunn is to, calling. Well, I also I think I'm going to have to start fighting Jeff Grubb for for best hair. Uh, I think he probably got me beat at the moment, uh, but but we'll see we'll see how it works out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel J McGee or at Daniel J McGee. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at just Daniel McGee. Uh, if you're watching the video version of this, it says it right here in my box uh haven't put out a video in a couple of weeks it's been a rough time uh because yeah. i work in retail and we had a family emergency it's just been a tough time but starting next year you're gonna start getting a whole lot more news videos reviews videos uh, rewriting the dceu as uh <laughs> as boom said uh the first video of that is already up and it seems like uh <laughs> james gunn has taken my uh scorch earth <laughs> idea uh pretty seriously so i don't know maybe swing by maybe you can get some spoilers on what he's gonna do next uh but yeah it's been a been a great time yeah well it's great to have you here and a part of this show each and every week iman burns says miss khan likes to cry even every time she opens her mouth she puts her foot in it uh yeah i mean unfortunately she is a very uh has been very contradictive of uh of of what she's supposed to do as the uh the the lead voice or the leader of the ftc uh everything that she has talked about publicly seems to be as if she hasn't read the ftc's mission statement that is at uh can be found easily if you go to the ftc uh dot, 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 you know .gov.com uh and if you if you take the time to read it and i've read their mission statement multiple times it clearly indicates that they are there for the betterment of not only competition, but more importantly, the betterment of the people, us, the consumers, and nothing they're doing with this deal with ABK uh, obviously is uh, suggesting that. So th she has a lot of problems, and I think that she is going to lose once again. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Again, uh, over 600 people here. Please consider hitting the like button before you get on out of here. And there are two additional shows before we end the year on a high note tomorrow evening's primetime gaming at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, Thursday's uh, end-of-year gaming discussion. We're going to have a rotating panel of up to as many as 12 people rolling through to kind of give us their, uh, their thoughts of the gaming industry in 2022 and what their favorite games were, what were their disappointments and uh, that's going to be live at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Double Barrel Gaming. And, of course, folks, I'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully one day it will be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids. And he would say, Craig, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, if it doesn't cost anything to be nice, you live by those rules, son. I can guarantee you you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. And we'll see you next year on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.